What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how much money you can make just doing deals by yourself or simple JV deals versus doing uh, larger syndications. And I'm actually really, really excited to, <laughs> to share this episode and to share some math that I've done here because I think this is going to be an enormous paradigm shift for many investors that are so enamored by the uh, you know, by the world of doing bigger deals, you know, buying deals with bigger unit counts, raising capital, and just doing these large transactions. Um, you know, this is, I wanted to share some math with you that might like knock some sense into you a little bit <laughs> or change some of your goals. And um, this is a topic that I'm just passionate about fundamentally as well, because we do small deals in our business. Um, we're able to do bigger deals. Like, you know, we know how to do larger deals. We can put them together. Um, we can find them. We offer on them. We're not... We don't believe that we can't do larger deals. We just see more money making, um, you know, the opportunity to make more money, I should say, you know, more money making opportunities in doing smaller deals. So in this episode, I want to share some math with you and kind of show you what this looks like, because um, I think that we oftentimes just assume the folks that are doing bigger deals are making more money. And oftentimes that just straight up is not the case. So what I'm going to do here is use an example of an investor who's just buying a five unit property by themselves. You know, no investors, they are the sole investor in that deal. I'm gonna compare that to somebody who is syndicating a 50 unit deal uh, using a structure that's commonly found in the marketplace. Um, and one that, you know, I constantly see on social media that, you know, in terms of what, what people do from a structure standpoint, how people partner on those deals. So. I'm going to be using some specific numbers. I'm going to be walking through these numbers slowly. So if you are listening to this in the car, you should be able to follow along because I'm not going to be doing like complex math, just very simple math here. Uh, and I'll summarize the findings at the end anyways. So you shouldn't feel totally, you know, totally lost if you're taking a walk or if you're at the gym or if you're in a car. So, um, so stick around. Don't be intimidated by the fact that I'm going to start sharing numbers because I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up in a, you know, in a summarized way at the end of this example. But Let's start with investor A, who is just going out into his local market and buying a five unit property. Um, let's say he's buying this property for 500 grand, which is $100,000 a unit. And I'm gonna use the same pricing for both of these examples. So again, he finds a five unit deal, pays 100,000 a unit, that's 500, you know, 500 grand, right, as a purchase price. I'm not gonna be talking about closing costs or transfer taxes or any of that stuff in either of these examples. I'm just gonna keep it very simple. So he pays 500 grand, you know, let's just say that's market value. Keep it simple. Market value is hundred grand a unit. That's what he paid. So let's say that over the course of three years, um, you know, the market's appreciated a little bit, right? It's, uh, you know, rent's gone up, his NOI has gone up. And in three years, he can sell the property for $120,000 a unit. Um, so he can sell it for 600,000, right? So very simple, you know, he buys it for 500, sells it for 600. He makes hundred grand. It's a very, very simplified example, right? Goes and goes out there and sells it for 600K. So he made $100,000 on that deal. That's that's the most straightforward way that I could describe this. $100,000 profit on this deal. Um, I'm not gonna get into cash flow right now. I can touch on that towards the end, but I just wanna keep it simple. Bought it for five, sold it for six, bought it for 100 units, sold it for 120 a unit. He made 100 grand. Now let's use this example. That's gonna be a little bit more complex. Um, you got an investor who's trying to syndicate a larger deal, right? He finds a 50 unit deal in the same market. Let's say it's, you know, same guy, he finds a 50 unit deal. Uh, it's also going to cost 100,000 a unit. 
So this is a $5 million deal, right? $5 million purchase price. Let's say the deal requires 1.5 million to close, right? You need, you know, call it 1.25 to for the down payment. You need 250K for construction. That's right around, you know, 75 or so percent LTV in that range, right? Mental math here. Um, and, uh, and then you need 250K for reserves, closing costs, et cetera. So 1.5 million is required to close it. Now, let's say you go out there and, uh, you know, you're going to have difficulty raising that money. You can't raise it all yourself. Maybe you can raise 750. So you find a, a partner, a joint venture partner, a friend of yours, whoever to raise the other 750. And, you know, you're both going to, going to, you know, do the asset management and you're both going to help out and, you know, sign the loan. Cause now you get a really big loan that requires a loan, you know, a balance sheet of three and a half million. Um, cause that's going to be the loan amount, you know, maybe a little bit higher than that. And, uh, you need someone to help you sign on the debt cause you haven't gotten there yet. So you bring in a partner and you guys split the upside 50-50. You split the general partnership equity 50-50, right? Very normal. This is a very standard structure in this game. So you buy it for $5 million. You raise $1.5 million to buy it. Your investors get 70%. You get 30%, right? Traditional 70-30 split that we see for syndications. And you have half the GP. So you effectively have 15% of the upside in this deal of the profit, so now let's say you also sell this property at $120,000 a unit in three years. You know, you've got, uh, you sell it for $6 million, you bought it for five. So you have a million dollars in profit. So 70% of that's going to your investors, right? 70% of the profit is going to your investors. You give them their capital back and now you got the million dollars left in profit. $700,000 goes to your investors. And now $300,000 goes to the general partnership. Um, so that's you and your partner and you guys split it 50, 50. So now you're splitting that 300 K 50, 50. So you each walk away with $150,000, right? That's not, that's not that much, right? I mean, yeah, it's a good amount of money, obviously, but like, it's not that much relative to all of the complexities of putting that deal together. Think about everything you had to do. You had to find a 50 unit deal and you had to win that deal. You had to raise $1.5 million. That is not an easy thing to do. That is, that's challenging to do that, right? It's going to take you some years in the business to do that. You structure the deal in such a way that your investors get a 70-30 split. You know, that's, that's relatively normal. And if you think about the investor return there, your investors invested 700 grand or uh, excuse me, 1.5 million and they got 700 grand back. You know, that's roughly a one point, you know, whatever it is, four or five X over three years. Traditional syndications project, you know, two X over five. So you're kind of right in line with that. That's a, that's what investors should make. That's a normal return for investors investing in a syndication over that period of time, or at least it has been over the last, you know, five to 10 years. So it's not like you gave a ton away to your investors. This was a normal deal. Um, and yeah, you know, you, you had to partner with someone to get this deal done because you had to, you know, combine your balance sheets to qualify for the loan. You, uh, you know, you needed some help raising the money. You needed some help asset managing it, what have you. At the end of this deal, you make 150K. Do you, what do you think is harder, doing all of that or just finding a five-unit deal and just buying it? Like, obviously, it's easier to buy the five-unit deal. And, and I would be shocked if somebody was trying to tell me that it's not, right? And uh, yeah, you know, you made 100 grand in that example versus 150 in the other. But think about the stress of managing $1.5 million in investor capital. Think about how much money it took you to even close that deal. You probably had to put down at least a $50,000 deposit. You probably had out-of-pocket costs of $35,000, you know, in inspections and in appraisals and lending deposits, et cetera. You probably had to incur a significant amount of legal costs to get the PPM put together. 
15, 20 grand, you're probably out of pocket a hundred grand to close that deal. And even if you reimburse yourself all of it, right? Even if you don't even co-invest at all in the deal and you know, typical co-invest for syndicated deals is 10% of the equity. So you and your partner should be putting in one, you know, 150K. Doesn't mean that's a hard and fast rule, but typically lenders want to see that. Typically your investors want to see that. So you're out of pocket 150K to get in this deal between the two of you guys, right? Um, like, so for me, it doesn't make sense to do that, right? When you think about it in that way, it doesn't make sense to do that unless, you know, there's some other structure here that really makes it worthwhile for you. Let's say you're the only GP on this deal. You're the only GP. You find the deal, you raised all the money, you did, you did everything here. All right, well, that's, you know, that's great. So now you have 30%, you make 300 grand. 300 versus 100, now, you know, now you're getting somewhere, right? Now you're starting to make some more money. But again, if you're doing all of this yourself, again, you could probably do a few of these smaller deals in the time it takes you to do one of these bigger deals. Now, there's all kinds of other nuances here that I should mention. When you do a large deal like this, typically you can get non-recourse debt. So you and your, you know, you're, whether it's you or you and a partner or what have you, you are not personally on the hook. You're not personally guaranteeing the debt. If you're doing a five unit deal, you're probably personally guaranteeing that debt. There's probably no way you're going to be able to get non-recourse debt at that sizing. So, so there is some, that is actually, you know, that's something that matters, right? Something that should be mentioned here. Um, you know, and then as for those bigger deals as well, uh, if you can grow your business to a point to where you can do a 100 unit deal, and you can raise $3 million, right? If we're going to use, continue to use these same numbers and you make that same, you know, whatever, you know, that same profit and you make, you know, $3 million, um, or excuse me, you know, you know, you make 600 K in profit versus 300 K. Yeah. That, that's where that starts to make sense. Right. But you got to start growing your average deal size to, to make it make sense at that level. The only other thing you can do here is if you, you know, if you truly cannot do these smaller deals because you're just going to run out of personal capital, you're going to have to start raising some money, right? And, and that's a reality of what you should be doing. So there's no, I'm not saying one strategy is right or wrong. I'm just saying that it's important to understand the economics behind all of this. And the last thing that I didn't even talk about that further points to why doing a smaller deal makes sense is there's oftentimes significantly more free cash flow to the investor in those deals. Um, and that is a huge, huge uh, consideration point that or a huge consideration that people need to make. If you are doing, you know, some investing to get yourself out of your job, you want to replace your cash flow, you want to, you know, you want to get to five, 10K a month in passive income, you will not get there by doing syndications, by being a GP in syndications, you won't, unless you're really, you know, meaningfully co-investing in those and you're being paid those quarterly distributions via the preferred return as another investor. But if you're, just making a very small marginal co-invest alongside, you will not see passive income. And so you get to the point where you do a refinance and you deliver like a really meaningful percentage of the capital back to your investors. Like that's how you get to a point to where you're actually starting to see some level of a return there. Um, and that's, and again, that's a really important distinction to make here. So at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, if you're looking at solely what the promote's going to give you in a syndication, you're not going to be making that much more money than if you just do some of these smaller deals. And these smaller deals are oftentimes going to be more impactful from a free cash flow standpoint. You know, you do that five unit deal, let's say conservatively, it spits out $100 a month per unit, you know, after you pay all, all expenses and debt service, you're making 500 bucks a month, that's six grand a year. That's nice, man. That, you know, that's going to, that makes an impact. Whereas in the syndicated deal, you're probably only going to be making, you know, some kind of marginal return. Um, on the capital that you personally invested in that deal. 
So from an absolute dollar return standpoint, you're going to be making it more on the syndicated deal. And especially if you, you know, you meaningfully co-invest, you have your GP upside as well as your LP, you know, you're going to, you're going to make some money on the LP side as well. But what I want you to be thinking of is the difference in work between those two deals. It is so much easier to find a discounted five unit deal. You know, you can go off market you can go direct to seller. You can get more competitive. It's so much easier to find that deal, to put that deal, you know, to, to just close it and to asset manage it. You know, you don't have investor capital. You're not, you know, racing to file your tax returns at the end of the year. You're not obligated to make, to, to provide monthly updates. You're not, you know, you don't have to do all of those different things. Um, on the 50 unit deal, you have to do all of that, right? And it's just a totally different game when you start raising investor capital. You are no longer in this business for yourself. You are in it for your investors. And it's a it's just an entirely different game. So again, what, not saying one strategy is right or wrong. Um, we do both. I buy a lot of deals personally. I buy a lot of deals with investor capital. Uh, I, just, I just like to know the numbers behind the scenes in terms of the return on my time and the return on the brain damage in doing these different types of deals. So um, I hope this was a valuable episode. I hope this episode made sense to you guys out there. And I hope it spurs some thought as to how you should be structuring deals if you are going to syndicate to actually make it worth your while. You know, I hope for the folks out there that just think doing smaller deals is a total waste of time. Think about this scenario and understand exactly what I'm talking about here. But, um, but anyways, um, if you enjoyed this episode, if you thought it was insightful, please consider sharing it with somebody in your network. Um, you know, whether that's a friend, family member, um, professional contact of yours would always appreciate a share as it helps the show get uh, in front of more folks. And um, if you haven't already, please leave a rating and review. Uh, but again, I will catch you guys on the next episode.